Ignite community, thank you for making Ignite 22 more amazing than we ever hoped for. We hope that these recorded sessions bless you and yours. Let's get started with session one from our keynote speaker, Jerry Pereira. So guys, will you help me welcome my friend, Jerry Pereira? Thank you, Craig. Uh, it's great and an honor to be here. Greetings from Plymouth. Um, this is a much needed conference. Uh, thank you to your whole team that puts this together and may God bless the effort and uh, continue to expand your gate, expand the horizon of what you're doing. It's much needed at this hour. Um, I'd like to, uh, uh, you know, great praise and worship. We don't get that fire in New England. We need to get you up there to melt some snow. You know, there's a frozen chosen there. So, uh, you know, I'm a Sri Lankan by birth and my, my father brought me to a land of liberty. And uh, I share your passion. So, um, uh, you know, I did, this is not part of my introduction, but I thought it's fitting because I see, I see hearts knit together in, in one common cause. And um, this, is, this was my case. I grew up in, in California, in Southern California. Uh, you know, my father said, we're going to a land of freedom. Well, you know, as, as a seven-year-old boy, you don't really understand what freedom is until you understand what the sacrifice of those who, who protect freedom, defend freedom at all causes, in, in the classroom, in the battlefield. Uh, American liberty is very unique. It gives, it gives this nation a very unique identity. And uh, that's what I'd like to share with you uh, today. Uh, a few things, um, and I see our, a few folks from New England here, they've partnered with us. Uh, we do what we're doing because of them, the Berry family. Marie is uh, our Pentecostal fire, and Scott is our conservative Baptist. So you have a Baptocostal uh, group there, and they hold up our hands in the work in Plymouth. And um, we're, we're just delighted that uh, as I look out, I see them in, in the stand, in the, in the, in the forum here. Um, I want to read, uh, this, there's three things I want to cover. I want to cover this inerrant power of the Word of God. And we'll get into that. And I've got a video and some slides. And I want to talk about this concept of covenant, and I want to wrap it with America's mission statement 400 years later. You know, there were three great declarations in the decade from 1620 to 1630 of what this nation, what God was doing in the hearts of people, that he, the people, his church, his remnant church that he, that he brought here across the great ocean uh, to make certain declarations which would be, in some ways, a, a covenant declaration. The first was with the pilgrims, which we will see, and, uh, and uh, let me touch on these three, and then we'll get into our material. Um, the first was the pilgrims coming to say, we're going to advance the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. We realize that in the plan of God and this providential move, you know, from eternity past to eternity future, we are here at this time for such a uh, for such a purpose. And this declaration of advancing the kingdom of Christ is since the church in Acts, 
The church is gonna advance, it's an advancing kingdom. It's not around and around, it's not a circular, as Eastern mysticism would, would say, it's very linear. And we are in this stream of a linear timeline on where we are dropped into as the church of Jesus Christ to advance the kingdom. That was the first Bradford declared, we are here to advance. It's a mission statement. It's a mission statement of why they came. The second was in 1626 in Salem, when they were, when they were founding the city of Salem, you would know Salem today as the Salem witch trials. But that's really not what the declaration was. There were elders and, and the church community meeting in, in a Bible study and the revelation that they received is we are here to raise a bulwark against the kingdom of Antichrist. In other words, the, ch the, gates, of the, church will, uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And a very important declaration and, and, it's, and it's very valid right throughout our American history. Um, the third is in 1630, Governor Winthrop is bringing this big Puritan migration. You know, the pilgrims set the stage and nobody else followed until they really got persecuted. And the, the Puritans came and, and settled Boston in 1630. And his declaration was reading out of Matthew, we shall be a city set on a hill. So these are the, these are the foundational elements of the church of Jesus Christ, the people who have come into this North American continent where the, where the gospel is being inserted in the decade, building a strong foundation. And uh, that's, that's what I want to touch on uh, today. If we can, um, let me read one portion of scripture because it, it's very uh, relevant to the group. And if there's nothing that I can leave you with, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a historian, I'm not a public speaker, I'm a marketplace minister much like yourselves. And I see the value of uh, forums like this, and I see the value of what we put our hand to do. And uh, it, it's, found in, it's found in Ephesians, and I'll, I'll read it out of uh, the Amplified. Um, you know, where it talks about a workmanship that's, being, that's been created. And, uh, uh, you know, for um, we are God's, in the, in the Amplified, it really says it well, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. You know, we all, as business owners, you understand the concept of work. Workmanship, God is working something in you by his word. Um, recreated in Christ, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life in which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Amen. So God is working in us because we are his workmanship. Um, let me get into the, I, I see my time clock going and, and I'm gonna be, very, uh, gonna be very quick here, but uh, I, I wanted to leave you with that scripture and that thought and we'll close with some scriptures. But um, uh, Ben, if we can roll that uh, video, we can start with that. That'd be great. 400 years ago.
You know, the great legacy of Plymouth is twofold. You'll find a document and you'll find a celebration. The document's the Mayflower Compact. The celebration you very well know as Americans, it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is almost the feast in the Old Testament that he set apart for America to enjoy. He's wrapped a covenant blessing of freedom with a wrapping of Thanksgiving. And that's who we are as Americans, as American Christians who understand our heritage and our founding. Um, the Leiden Preservation Group, we simply preserve, um, you know, what is preservation? Uh, God moved, we're, I'm the most unlikely person to talk about the pilgrims. I'm not related to them, I'm not a descendant. Uh, but we are in a journey in our lives as the pilgrims were led by their faith. And uh, we are pilgrims all. In, in fact, you know, the gospel was advanced by who were, and we'll get into who were the pilgrims, but l let me touch on preservation a little bit. Preservation, really, we, we, we know what salt and light does. We know what scripture instructs us to. But I've come to understand something deep about preservation. It's really, e even in your businesses, you preserve the message and, and you preserve Christ and, you, and you, you seek first his kingdom, what you're doing is you're putting the plans and purposes of God that endures from generation to generation. It, endure, it will endure long after we're here, Lord Darius. So that's really the heart of preservation. And we're fortunate enough to operate where we, we preserve this site. This is a very strategic site. It's the site of the first home. It's lot number one in America. This is significant for property ownership. So this is a tangible act of preservation. And, um, you know, by the way, this was all my wife's idea. And I would have been very comfortable in California in, in, in 80, 70, 80 degrees in January. The ice on the door in, when the nor'easter blows is about a quarter inch thick. And uh, it, it reminds me of the, the endurance, you know, the, of uh, our, early, our early founders. Uh, this site is very significant because three things are, are very uh, key to preserving this site. It's a symbol of property ownership. Well, property ownership, the most important property in the 1600s was this right of conscience, is conscience right. What do I believe? Do, can I express my faith? Can, can I express what God gave me in my spirit? Can I, am I free to worship the way, the way God instructs? Those rights come not, they come directly from God. So it's conscience rights really that, that are the foundation of all these other rights which we'll see, but which actually extended has far reaching economic uh, implications to property rights, to property ownership. So this was deemed lot number one as the women and children stayed on the Mayflower, the men built the first shelter at this site while they continued to develop. If you'll notice in the, in the, in the corner is the, is the street. I, that's, the, that's the oldest continually inhabited street in British North America. I look at it as the gateway, as Nehemiah was building the gates, as he restored, was putting his hand to work. Amazing story. It's an amazing story. He never wrote a psalm. He didn't write the wisdom of Solomon. He didn't write epistles about instructing the church. He actually saw a need and he filled it because, and, and the whole book is dedicated to him. And uh, that's, I think, the, the heart of what you're trying to do is here. We need to get engaged. We need to take a survey of where we're at in this nation, find a wall, find a gate to build 
by God's grace. This gate in Plymouth um, is the gate where the gospel comes and takes root. There was early colonists, Florida, 1500s, Jamestown, 1607. But there's no, there's no real enduring legacy of what we're about to see in the next 15 minutes. And this is the gate that's worth preserving. So my wife decided to, I, we, it was my wife, myself, and our attorney. I said, he asked, well, who's the president? I said, this is her idea. She's the president. So thank, thank God for all the women who have an initiative and a passion to do things. And uh, so uh, what we do here, the second, what we do here really is not only to preserve the site, is to preserve the message. And the message we, we, with our simple materials and make sure to I'll leave some rack cards, get some. We just had the 400th anniversary of the 400 years of Thanksgiving in our nation and all the things to be grateful for. Thankfulness and gratitude is a great antidote for where we're at today with our, with our messaging. Um, what else happened here it was interesting because this is the site of the first representative, first and free election in the Western Hemisphere. The people both pilgrims and strangers were able to elect their leaders. And they chose Miles Standish to help defend the family, and we'll get into the defense of liberty. Um, this is an early seed of peace through strength, because what soon happened after that, the natives were scouting these settlers. They realized that they'd seen explorers before, they'd seen slave traders before, but these were families. And they were doing defensive military exercises. And the great sachem of the Wampanoags understood that better they're on our side than the others. And he signed the longest, he signed an accord, an alliance named Six Wonderful Principles of Agreement. It would be the longest lasting peace treaty in American history. Well, I look at it as God orchestrated peace because he's the Prince of Peace. The timeline is phenomenal. They land in December, and as you know, they, they had, uh, had a suffering winter where half of their company perished. And by the spring, and not much happens in the winter, it's, it's, a, tough, it, it's a tough deal. You're not out shaking hands with your neighbors. Um, by the spring, Massasoit sends a scout into the, into the colony and says, welcome Englishmen. And, and gets into this relationship of mutual alliance, helping them learn, uh, teaching them how to plant and fertilize and grow corn. Um, and then by October, we're engaged in this first Thanksgiving. So under a year, God orchestrates two cultures coming together. Why? Why even create, without peace, we wouldn't, they would not have survived. Why? Because there's a mission. The pilgrims were carrying this gospel. The in fact, the natives, you'll find 500 different tribes across America. They're all as different from the Germans and to the Chinese. But, and they all ascend to the creator because they worship his creation. But they don't know the redeemer. And the pilgrims were bringing this redeemer principle. They were bringing the good news of the gospel. And in fact, the first Bible printed in America is in, in, in the Algonquin tongue. And it's a, it's a testimony to the inerrant power of God's word. They weren't looking for the natives to come and worship in their church. They were looking to get the word of God into their hearts. And that's what I hope 
there's some part of the Word of God that will, you will leave this conference with because it will transform you, your business, your destiny, and your workmanship that God has already designed for you. How about our next slide? Um, you know, this, this is a huge mural that resides in the Massachusetts State House. It's the Pilgrims on the Mayflower. It was put there in, um, in the, in the mid-1600s. Um, and and um, this is a wonderful quote that really resounds. As I, as I go through the State House, we, we go through there all the time, looking and praying and, and trying to understand what is God doing in our commonwealth of Massachusetts. But listen to what um, William Stoughton, the lieutenant governor, said in 1688 of, of the pilgrims, and it succinctly defines who they are and the character. God sifted a whole nation that he might send choice grain over into the wilderness. And 400 years later, God is sifting his church again to see who he's going to send to rebuild the walls, who he's going to send to advance this global end-time harvest. There's only one nation prepared, in my opinion, of who can lead this end-time global harvest. There's two, it's Israel and, and, um, and America. And it's the enlightenment of God's word that will show us the mystery and the revelation of what to do. Um, it's a wonderful quote, and uh, may we be choice grain as well, Ben. What you saw the slide earlier is really uh, the National Monument to the Forefathers. There was a young, ma young man uh, in 1820 at the, at the speech that Daniel Webster gave in, at Plymouth Rock, and he was so moved and inspired by that speech that talked about the Pilgrim Fathers. He would be the sculptor that would craft this monument. And this monument is the largest granite structure monument in America. It's interesting, in, in, our, in our year 2020, when we had a, a, a summer of rage where monuments were being destroyed, defaced, taken down, early in January, this monument was, there was graffiti all over it. I walked out the front door and there was graffiti all over Elder Brewster's rock. I'm going, what's going on? Well, you see, the enemy has to come, and he has to mark the covenant site first. He knows he's under an authority. And uh, what, what unfolded is the, just the violence and, and the decay. And uh, I, I, I couldn't understand what was happening, but since then I, I put that together, that the covenant and these symbols are so important. These are the Ebenezer stones, as Joshua instructed the children of Israel to put 12 stones as they crossed the river so the generations would come after, would know what their heritage was. This is the DNA of, of the nation. Notice the largest figure is faith. It's by faith that the pilgrims journeyed. It's by faith that they endured the ridicule and the suffering. It's by faith that they continue to build the, the captain offered them free passage back. None of them left. They, they, they were up on a hill, which is, Kevin has been there. We, we look over that hill, and I, I can see that the Mayflower is descending into the horizon, and, and uh, none of them went back. This is the day that I really believe that the seed was planted deeply in, in this nation of liberty. Uh, faith is the largest. It's sustained them. Notice what their faith, and, and she's pointing to heaven, uh, one mediator between man and God. You know, they were children of the Reformation, this great Reformation that, that really revived God's word through continents, through generations, through, uh, 
through a, a couple hundred years, which is, we're, we're still the fruits of this great reformation. And, and uh, she, the pilgrim would understand the word of God and look, that would be the Geneva Bible life size that she would carry at the, at, in its day and notice what Hammond Billings does with the word of God he, the wind is blowing through the scripture and for the pilgrim the Holy Spirit would interpret its truth so the pilgrim could could um, discern all areas of life not just church government but what would be effective in our civil society make, making sure that these rights given are are given to both to every man, to both native to, and to pilgrim and to stranger. These are God-given rights. And, and that, that's the discerning part of Scripture, the Holy Spirit inspiration of Scripture. Next slide. Uh, this was, morality was the first uh, sub, uh, smaller statue really put together uh, on the monument. And notice morality, she's holding the Torah in her left hand and the scroll of Revelation in her right. And this is the all-encompassing body of God's word, uh, delivered by the prophet, given by the prophets, delivered by the evangelists. It's an amazing DNA of you know what makes a Western morality and what makes a biblical morality uh, uh, sound. It's 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 through the Bible. You know, today we define our own morality. Our, our schools and universities, once founded on the Word of God, will create their own truth. It's a Darwinistic, theistic, Darwinian approach to our, our culture. And it's the church of Jesus Christ that will stand against it in the same way the pilgrims did. Next slide, please. Um, then, then we see the three other uh, facets, the three other pieces of, our, of our, what builds our nation. It's our constitutional republic based on law. It's the education based on God's word. And it's this defense of liberty that is critical to our understanding of who we are as a nation, who we are as a people, what our heritage is, and what you're willing to defend. And it has to be defended. Divine Providence, the Mayflower was the cradle of liberty. The picture here I get in my mind is the pilgrims were essentially a church plant. They were the core of Pastor Robinson's church in Leiden, Holland. And I always tell Kevin, he's a living testimony of God's generational faithfulness. He's advancing the gospel 400 years later. The, 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 the wonderful thing about this picture, as I look at the Cradle of Liberty, it's both the, it's both the church and the world that's on a journey. And here we are. We're, we're the church and the world. We're on the journey together. And that's, the, and that's why... It's the church's responsibility to share the good news of the gospel with, with the world. America began in the name of God. It's while they were still on board the Mayflower. You see, they were blown off course. This, this, this vessel had never crossed the Atlantic before. In the 1600s, you as a family, you don't get on a, a vessel like this and, and cross, a, make a transatlantic voyage. It was, a, it was an amazing and uh, brave, brave um, endeavor. Um, they, while they were, they were blown off course, they, they weren't intending to come, they weren't intending to be in, in Massachusetts, in New England. They were going to the northern shores of Virginia, um, and they had a charter to occupy and to develop a colony there. They're blown off course. They don't know what to do. Well, they did, they did know what to do. They realized they don't want to step foot 
in this law, in this area of nature and let natural tendencies take over. They wanted to sign a covenant and, and they did it in the name of God, in the name of God, amen. And they signed this charter that they'll govern themselves now in this new land, in this new wilderness under the laws of God and not, not let nature take its course. And that's the heart of really the Mayflower Compact. Um, and we can go to the next slide, Ben. It was, it, it was actually, if, if I can back up to that real quick, they talk about this civil body politic. You know, what is the civil body politic? Well, we'll find out later real quickly that it's going to be we the people, and it's still today, we the people. And we the people in a covenant nation is referring to the church of Jesus Christ. The first liberty that they encountered was spiritual liberty. This is their heart opening up to the word of God. And unless we're transformed by his word, we're not going to really have a revelation of all and an understanding of all these other liberties. The next liberty was religious liberty, the liberty to gather and assemble together to worship. Just as Moses told Pharaoh, let these people go. They just want to go worship their God. This is what the pilgrims did. They left the king of England because they were restricted. They were in prison. They were ridiculed. They would be hanged if they, were, if they would have been found. They wanted to worship, and God heard their cry. Next, next uh, was political liberty, the right to, the right to uh, govern with civil, uh, as a civil government under the laws of God. That's, another, that's the third liberty, the political liberty. These are, these are coincentric circles. They start with spiritual liberty. That, and then, of course, we have to defend our liberty, um, which, which was necessary in, in the wilderness. And the next slide is our economic liberty, that which you and I, our marketplace ministers, notice in, in 1622, they were under this communal agreement still through their patent of who owned the ship and got them there. And in 1622, they were still there. And look at their production in 1623 when it went to private ownership. It's what God, it's the blessing of God. Uh, next slide. And then we have our constitutional liberty, which leads really into where we're at. Uh, this two-part declaration of the, of the compact and the laws that they instituted in 1636 in Plymouth became a constitution, a working colony, and which leaves an enduring legacy. Next slide. And then the cost of liberty is high, and that is really a pattern of our, America's, uh, of our American liberty. Next slide. You know, and then, and then how does this pattern, it, 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 it culminates, it formulates, it gathers in the next 150 years of the three to four generations. And we find, again, the same pattern. The patriots understand that they're, making, they're going to have to make a bold declaration. So from pilgrims to patriots, you're going to find that it, what, are they, what are they declaring? They're declaring that their rights come from God. The 27 grievances written in the Declaration of Independence, a third of them are economically related. They're, they're related to the marketplace. The others were welfare, just human welfare, the human good of society, the, the, the tyrannical approach footprint stepping on human rights. But a third of them, marketplace. And um, next slide. Um, you know, this is the concept of the law of nature and, and of nature's God. The laws of nature and of nature's God was a very, very important concept. It was very well known. The laws of nature, God's created order, nature's God, his revealed word. 
Next slide. I'm going to move through these pretty quickly. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. This is this equality based on biblical understanding of liberty. Next slide. Covenant and law, the, the Christian principle, and I'll, I'll get to this next slide. Um, the, the, um, the founders, uh, the founders had, there was no other nation that had a written charter. No other nation that would be governed by a written charter. And this was very unique to our nation. Next slide, I, I wanna really get to this one. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, domestic tranquility, the peace, provide for a common defense, promote the general welfare, secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. It's a generational move that God has orchestrated for our nation. Um, you know, the French scholar who, who conceived the Statue of Liberty had a, had a very interesting quote in his book. He says, American liberty is the daughter of the gospel. It's powerful. It's powerful. Uh, let's go on. I want to I get to... Um, it, it's a classical Christian... Con See, that was in the consciousness of, of our state because it was in the consciousness of the people. Let's uh, move on. This is a very... This is, I really want to bring you here and we'll come to a quick close. Um, this book in, um, in, in the early... In the mid-1800s, they did a, a massive study um, uh, and they projected where, where it would go. Um, and really, during, during the first 10 years of the revolution, the biblical worldview of people was 100%, if you could put a number and metrics on it. In the next 50 years, by 1825, it fell to 50%. And the projected and further study, by 1920, it plummets to 5%. And this is where I want to go today, is we are living on a century, a century of God's mercy and grace, a century of it. And uh, the forces were even at work back in the mid-1800s. So our legacy of covenant, if we're careful to obey the, uh, that uh, the Lord your God and follow all his commandments, and I tell you today, the Lord will put you high above the nations on the earth. If you will obey the Lord your God, these blessings will, be, will come to you and be yours. In our last slide, you know, this is a booklet we're working on. It hasn't been out, out yet. It'll be a PDF downloadable online. A nation that's forgotten its history and has lost its identity. A nation which not only forgets but comes to despise its birthright will not live long in the land. But when a nation opens the book of the law, and this is the great hope for our nation, it always has been. There is no plan B and remembers the covenants before God and each other, it is reasonable to expect that providence will follow. And as I said earlier, I think there's really one nation in this end time global harvest that, that if the people of God will cry out. It's interesting, 400 years, there's something very significant biblically. And here we are 400 years later. What is our mission? And uh, where will we go as, as the people cry out? So I, I want to leave you with great hope because our foundation is very strong. It's very strong. And we've been living on 100 years of God's mercy. And by his grace, by his grace, may he sustain us. Let me just uh, close with something that's on our summer prayer team list as we walk around Plymouth.
um, you know, for each, I'm reading out of Romans, for each of us has one, as one body as with many members, do not have all the same function. So in Christ, we though many from one body and each member belongs to all the others. We've talked about unity today. And many of these gifts, the gift of prophecy in accordance with your faith, the gift of serving, the gift of teaching, the gift of encouraging, the gift of giving, all of these must converge as we face this division among us. I, I think we're, we're today where God's raising up his people to converge these gifts. And I, I'd like to close with this. It's uh, in Hebrews. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, this is a great thing. In all the shaking today, we are advancing a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So let us be thankful and let us worship, worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, awe to all the things that he has done and will do. You know, I come from a four-square background where Jesus Christ is Savior, he's baptizer, he's healer, and he's soon coming king. And the key verse in all the four-square churches is God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's, uh, that's really the, the hope that I have, is that God's will will prevail, and, and uh, the gates of hell will not shake the church. Amen. Amen.